a girl works at a hospital and she got diagnosed with ovarian cancer. But they couldn't find no donors for her because she had type A ovaries and everyone else had type B ovaries. And she thought she was going to die and she passed out. And when she woke up, she started screaming because she thought she was in heaven. And the doctor rushed in and said, congratulations, you're still alive. And at first she smiled. But then she said, my boyfriend, where's my boyfriend? I want to see my boyfriend. And the doctor looked her dead in the eyes and said, your boyfriend donated his ovaries for you. Said you can live. And he's dead. <laughs> it takes a billion people to complete this planet. But it only takes one you to complete someone else. Do you believe in heaven above? Do you believe in love? Don't tell a lie, don't be false or untrue, it all comes back to you. Open fire on me burning heart, I've never been lucky in love. Me defences are down, a kiss or a frown, I can't survive on me own. If a girl walks in and draws her name in my me heart, I'll turn and run away. Every day we've all been led astray. It's hard to be lucky in love. It gets in your eyes, it's making you cry. Don't know what to do, don't know what to do. You're looking for love, calling heaven above. Send me an angel. Send me an angel Right now Right now Send me an angel Send me an angel Right now Right now Empty 
dreams can only disappoint in the room behind your smile. But don't give up, don't give up. You can be lucky in love. It gets in your eyes, it's making you cry. Don't know what to do, don't know what to do. You're looking for love, calling heaven above. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. Right now. Right now. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. Right now. Welcome to another week of Patreon, folks. I've got a big one this week. Big episode, lots of things to talk about, lots of things to share. And I've just noticed that the battery's running low on my Zoom. This is not good. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. Right now. Right now. I really hope these batteries last for the next hour. Oh well, YOLO, we're gonna kick into this. Looking forward to this episode, folks. Send me an angel. Send me an angel. Right now. Right now. Hey, welcome to Patreon, another week of crazy talk from you mate Andy. And, uh, well, I mean, Tim did such a good version of that cover um, on our Undercovers album that I thought I'd give it a crack myself. It's my audition tape. There you go. Uh, thank you so much for listening, for tuning in, for being a part of Patreon and not leaving me. Thank you so much for sticking around and supporting me on my little Patreon journey and uh, just supporting the Andy Social Podcast and everything that I do. It's just, you know, blah, 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 the usual thank yous. It means a hell of a lot. Uh, let's uh, let's get into the most important thing of this entire podcast, and, and it's to run through the list and thank you all. Uh, once again, I did a little shout out before I started recording this, and if I remember, and I did remember last time, but it was with no success, I uh, will just... Uh, turn off or yeah, turn off airplane mode because I'm on airplane mode now and see whether we've got any new friends by the end of it. But here's the list. Here's, here's the legends. You guys, thank you so much for being a part of it. And um, wow. uh, this podcast is proudly brought to you by Orion or Okinawa's Craft the Draft from Okinawa to the world beautiful 500 mil can of Japanese goodness. So thank you very much to the legends. You guys, Ryan from Adelaide, Andrew from Perth, Mick G from Sydney, Ash from Daniloquin, Dan from Dapto, Riley from Sydney, the Toe Hider guys from Melbourne, Lords of the Trident from Madison, Wisconsin, Sean from Oregon, the US, 
Johnny from South Australia, Zach from Adelaide, Rob from Rayleigh in North Carolina, Matt from Adelaide, Saul from Oxford in the UK, Patrick from Canberra, Liam from Brisbane, Tom from Melbourne, Chris from Sydney, Frank from Untergruppenbach in Germany, Lewis from Ellie Beach, Turner from Armadale, Samantha from Sydney, Brando from Leighton, Tim from Canberra, James from Brisbane, Bradley from Canberra, Sean from Melbourne, Kurt from Brisbane, Jason from Adelaide, Christian from Canberra, Cole from Port Kembla, Jordan from Bendigo, Steve from the Gold Coast. Blooming Theatricals in Melbourne, Christopher from Pace in Florida, Ben from Cincinnati, Ohio, Veronica from Adelaide, Scott from Melbourne, Tristan from Melbourne, Gareth from Perth, Chris from Adelaide, Fierce Deity from Hobart, Glenn from Canberra, and Andrew from Sydney. Far out that list is getting big. Thank you very much, folks. It means a hell of a lot. Um, as always, you guys know know the drill, but it, it's just, it's fantastic. And I'm looking forward to getting more people on that list. Uh, once again, just to reiterate and also to, just to remind myself, it's sort of like one of these affirmations. You keep saying it out aloud to yourself. It's like, yep, you can do it. You can do it. So the goal this year is to get to 50 of you legends, 50 supporters on Patreon and uh, not just to hit it, but to maintain it. And uh, we are... We are technically at 44, but officially at 43 because somebody has defaulted on their monthly payment for whatever reason. I haven't gone in to check, but I saw the number dip down. So I thought, okay, someone, someone's had a change of credit card or buddy PayPal account or who knows, and uh, they'll be in the midst of fixing up. So hopefully I'll jump back up to 44 soon, but uh, well done guys. Thank you so much for being a part of it all. Uh, lots to talk about in this episode, as I uh, mentioned before, as I was uh, sort of uh, doing a little bit of freestyling in the midst of semi and angel. Um, I've got my notes here. I've I've got my got my little zoom. I've got my Ryan beer, and um, well, let's let's just kick into it, uh, I guess. And uh, the first thing first things first is I do need a sip of my beer. So um, let's go to commercial break. Sometimes a psychic is the perfect one to talk to when love is slipping away. You told your boyfriend a big secret yesterday. Oh my god. I told him I'm pregnant. But you also told him something else, that it's not his baby. No, it's not his. You see, we've only been together for a month, and, and I wasn't sure at the time. Well, the good news is that he's okay with it. He still loves you. Oh, my God. I hope that you're right. Something happened to upset you while you were at your boyfriend's place last night. He got a call from another woman while you were still there? Yeah, I'm sure it was another girl. You know how people start talking funny when they're trying to hide something? Oh, it was another girl, all right. Next time you go over to his place, check his phones. He'll have his ringers turned off, and that'll be your proof. There are things even your best friend won't tell you, but your psychic will always tell you the honest truth. Call now for a free reading. Call 1-800-799-5331. There you go, guys. Jot that number down. Fucking amazing. Amazing what people can do. Just find out all the goss. Um, I just one thing I forgot to mention at the start is um, you would have heard a very sad story at the beginning of this episode, um, and I thought it was interesting and very important to put it in there. Um, I will put a link to this video so you can check it out. But uh, the the title of that video it's on YouTube. It's called "The Saddest Story You'll Ever Hear Too," and uh, the channel is uh, Squeezy Jibs uh, something uh, Squeezy Squeezy Jibs Archive, and uh, yeah, it's a pretty I mean, really intense story as, as you, as you just heard. So I'll put a link there. Uh, go and check out some of these other videos. I might, I might even feature another video, uh, in, in a future episode as well. There's a, there's a bit of content there. Uh, but, uh, thank you very much to Squeezy Jibs for, uh, sharing that very, 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 very sad story. And it is true. It is the saddest story that I've ever heard. So there you go. 
Planes, trains, and animobiles. All right. Now, I did mention last week, I was, I was kind of talking myself up a little bit. I'm like, oh, look at me. I've fucking written down a bunch of planes and trains and animobiles to last me for the next several months. And then I realized as I flipped the page that I'd actually only did it up until last episode. And I just, I'd already done it, but uh, obviously hadn't continue it, continued it. So uh, yesterday I went through and uh, started adding a bunch more. So I'm covered for the next couple of months, which is good. Uh, so uh, I like I like planning ahead as best as I can. So I've got I've got some stuff in here. So, so I've got some got some really weird odds and ends uh, to share with you guys in this little segment: planes, trains, and animobiles. So the one that I've got this. Uh, this episode, this week, and uh, as always, I'll put everything in the uh, post on Patreon in the comments, so you can just go and scroll through. Um, I uh, and I, I have said this a couple of times, but I'll, I'll continue to repeat it just to just to give that disclaimer that um, if you guys listen first thing in the morning when this is out, uh, most likely none of the links will be in there, but by the end of the day, they will be. I just I need to go back and listen to it and add things in, and that's the time that I do it. So. Stay tuned. But um, nonetheless, this shit's pretty easy to find anyway if you just listen to me and then type stuff into your phone or on your laptop or wherever the hell you want to do it. So there you go. Uh, so this week's Planes, Trains and Animobiles is the Northrop uh, ta- Tacit. Tacit? Tacit? Tacit. Oh, fucking hell, Andy. The Northrop Tacit Blue. And it's a dumb-looking plane that doesn't look aerodynamic whatsoever. Uh, it's just basically a rectangle with the fucking another sort of kind of winged rectangle across the middle. Anyway, it's just, it's a dumb looking thing. It's a stealth demonstrator. That was its role. Uh, first flight was in, on the 5th of February, 1982 and retired in 1985. And it was used by the United States Air Force and only one of them was built. So the Northrop Tacit Blue was a technology demonstrator aircraft created to demonstrate that a low observable stealth surveillance aircraft with a low probability of inceptor radar uh, in other words, an LPIR, and other sensors could operate close to the forward line of battle with a high degree of surveillability. No, sorry, not survive, survivability. Good on you, Andy. Uh, so, uh, unveiled by the US Air Force on the 30th of April 19, uh, 1996. This is weird. Why 1996? The thing was fucking dead by 1985. Okay, anyway. Uh, The Tacit Blue Technology Demonstration Program was designed to prove that such an aircraft could continuously monitor the ground situation deep behind the battlefield and provide targeting information in real time to a ground command center. In December 1976... Why are we... Okay, I've really got to... Okay, I'm sure it'll explain more. Uh, the, The DARPA and the US Air Force initiated the Battlefield Surveillance Aircraft Experimental Program which is part of a larger Air Force program called Pave Mover. The BASIC's program goal was to develop an efficient stealth reconnaissance aircraft with a low probability of inceptor radar and other sensors that could operate close to the forward line of battle with a high degree of survivability. As we mentioned before, the Tacit Blue represent the black component in the larger Assault Breaker program, which intended to validate the concept of a massed, massed standoff attacks on advancing armoured formations using smart... Mutation, uh, munitions, munitions. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know why they unveiled it in 1996. Maybe this is all experiment, uh, experimental stuff in um, in the 80s, and they only revealed it, the results of it, the results of the program, another another 10 odd years later. I don't know. Um, so the design, the tacit blue, nicknamed the whale. Oh, I love that one. And sometimes also called an alien school bus, school bus for its only slightly rounded off rectangular shape, featured a straight tapered wing with a V-tail mounted 
on an oversized fuselage with a curved shape. It was the first stealth aircraft to feature curved services for radar cross-section reduction. Northrop would use the stealth technology on the B-2 bomber. A single flush inlet on the top of the fuselage provided air to two medium bypass turbofan, turbofan engines. Tacit Blue employed a quad a quadruply redundant digital fly-by-wire flight control system to help stabilize the aircraft about its longitudinal, uh, longitudinal and directional axes. Very interesting. So the operational history. The aircraft made its first successful flight on the 5th of Feb in 1982 in Area 51. Probably explains why it took 10 years to announce the the. the the results of the project. Project Area 51 at Groom Lake, Nevada, follow, uh, flown by Northrop test pilot Richard G. Thomas. The aircraft subsequently logged 135 flights over a three-year period. The aircraft often flew three to four flights weekly and several times flew more than once a day. Another tacit blue test pilot, Ken Dyson, all, uh, told CNN in 2014 that Northrop had manufactured additional major components for the jet, which amounted to half of a second plane. Right. And quote, if we lost one, we could have a second one up and flying in a shorter or in a short order, Dyson said. After reaching about 250 flight hours, the aircraft was placed in storage in 1985. In 1996, after Tacit Blue was declassified. There you go. That explains it, Andy. You should have just kept going instead of questioning too early. When it was de- declassified, it was placed on display at the National Museum of the United States Air Force at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base near Dayton, Ohio, and has been on display in the new fourth hangar at the museum since June of 2016. So there you go, that explains it. I mean, it's a very I mean, futuristic, I mean, it's a dumb looking, it's stupid. It doesn't look like it's, it's not aerodynamic, and I guess that's not the point of it. It's for the purpose of why they built it. Uh, so it's for stealth technology, but... Um, you know, if this was flying a couple of times a day and there was like 135 flights, um, you know, if, if, you know, your buddy country bumpkin looks up in the sky and sees this thing flying over, maybe they, well, I mean, it would definitely be a UFO at the time. It is an unidentified flying object. Um, but maybe people would think it's an alien. So I could think, you know, all those, all those TV shows, all those, you know, uh, alien sort of sight sighting shows that you see the American ones a lot of it's probably you know in these areas in Nevada or around the place where they've got these uh these military testing facilities where they're testing these these particular uh weird contraptions and uh probably probably explains a lot of it so there you go um crew of only one uh length is 55 feet or 17 meters wingspans 48 feet or 14.68 meters it's uh 10 feet and 7 inches high or 3.23 meters um and maximum speed of uh 290 miles per, per hour or 460 kilometers per hour there you go very interesting stuff so yeah not not the smartest looking plane out there it looks a bit dopey um very, very unusual, but there you go. It was part of a, a, a secret military program, stealth surveillance aircraft, technology demonstrator aircraft. There you go. So not for any uh, real purpose apart from testing technology. There you go. So that's planes, trains, and animobiles. Uh, the tacit blue. Very, very, very interesting. The things you learn on the Andy Social Podcast. Let's go to a commercial break where I can have a sip of my beer. Now from Advanced Hair Studio comes the latest advance in hair replacement. Using state-of-the-art technology, your thinning hair is thickened to give you a head of hair that appears totally natural-looking and lets you be the judge. What's more, if you're not happy with your new image, there's no charge. 
this new technique is not a graft, transplant, or conventional hairpiece. So if you're worried about thinning hair, call Advanced Hair Studio now. Now. I think it's no surprise, folks, that I've got quite a bit of a fucking forehead. I've got a beluga boy. And, um, you know, some people might think I've got a receding hairline, but um, I've just I've just had this straight out of the womb, I think. I just It's just been this fucking gigantic uh, fucking forehead. But, um, you know, I always worry about this sort of stuff, and I'm sure, like, a lot of my long-haired mates um, have thought about this uh, as well. And I know a few of you have actually uh, made the transition and uh, cut your hair short. But um, I think this is going to be on the cards in the coming years for me, and I've, I've been thinking about it more and more, and not so much that the long hair is annoying, but I just feel that um, eventually the combination of me just getting older and this big fucking beluga boy forehead, um, it's just going to continuously look worse and worse and worse. And you know what? Maybe it eventually becomes a skeleton. And I remember Jess saying very early when we started dating and, and even when we first uh, got married, she was like, oh, keep your long hair, never cut it. Like, even if you've got a skullet, leave it, it'll be great. But I don't know. I think she might be full of shit, you know? So I'm, 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 I'm thinking about this, but I really don't know because I've seen a few mates do this and some have done it like really successfully, chopped the hair short or shaved it all off and, um, and actually look a lot better. Like they look really good. They've got a head for it, but I've got a big fat fucking melon of a head and, uh, just not sure, not sure how this is going to, how it's going to go. So eventually it's going to happen. And I did, I've always promised people, I've, I've said, when I'm going to cut my hair short, um, I'm going to do some kind of just fucked mullet for you know a week or so and get a few photos and stuff like that. So, um, I wouldn't say it's in the immediate future, but it's definitely something that pops into my head more so now than ever before. And, uh, I think sometime in the future over the coming years, uh, I'll, uh, I'll be lopping the locks, but, uh, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, Hey, um, any, any, uh, war stories, uh, by all means, share them with me. I'd love to, love to hear your, uh, your journey, especially if you've, uh, gone from sh uh, long hair to short, short hair and, um, and, uh, yeah, let me know, let me know your thoughts or, um, do you think, you know, visualize my big fat noggin. Do you think I'd suit uh, short hair, whether it be a shaved head or just sh short? I've, I think my hair on top is naturally just, I've got thin hair anyway, so I don't think I could get away with a short haircut. I think I just, I just don't have enough on the top to really sort of justify that. Um, especially with this big fucking Burt Newton fucking forehead. Um, but don't know, get your thoughts. Sometimes a bit of outside perspective can go a hell of a long way. So anyway, getting sidetracked, but it's story time. Story time, folks. All right, gather around. Um, oh fuck. What happened to my screen? Uh Oh, oh God. Okay. This is not going to work or is it? Okay, um, I'm all I'm on all that's interesting. Uh, one of my go-to's. Um, I've got a story here. It looks like I haven't. Oh, I don't know what happened here. The the fucking page refreshed, and you know how sometimes I don't know what they call it, where it goes into like this basic mode where it sort of loads like it's a an internet page from 1996, um, like it's a GeoCities or Angel Fire fucking website. It's done that. So all the all the pictures are gone, all the formatting's gone. But it looks like all the content's there. So let's let's attempt to read through this. Uh, don't know how good this is, but I just read the headline and I've seen it uh, sort of mentioned over the past week in in the uh, in the news or in various websites. So I thought, oh, let's let's uh, let's dive into this one. Uh, and um, and just a side note as well. Thank you very much to Andrew from Perth uh, for flicking me through a link for Atlas Obscura and. Uh, that's a fucking rabbit hole and a half. There's a podcast as well, which I've just started listening to as well, which is quite interesting, but um, there's a lot of stuff there. So uh, 
Between that and all that's interesting, I may not need anything else for the rest of my life. But um, please keep the story suggestions coming. Anything interesting you come across, pass it over. I'll uh, I'll add it to the list and uh, and uh, share some of these great stories on the podcast. But uh, this one's on all that's interesting. As as always, I put the link in the comments of the Patreon post. And the headline says: Couple mistakes abstract painting for an interactive exhibit and paints over the artist's artist's work. There you go. Uh, so let's get into it. The painting was displayed alongside the paint cans and brushes that the artists used to make it, which the couple took as an invitation to collaborate. There you go. Um, okay. Let's attempt to read this because some of the formatting is all out of whack here. A visitor in, oh, that's, that's the caption of the fucking picture. So, oh, this is going great. On March 28th. So just recently, and the article's from the 5th of April as well. So it's really recent, only a few days ago, but, uh, the 28th of March, a young couple in South Korea made the mistake of a lifetime. They spent their Sunday at the lot, the lot, lot, or the loti, the lot world mall in Seoul and spotted a rather eye catching painting in the street noise exhibit taking the paint buckets and brushes lying below the work as an invitation to collaborate. They happily contributed a few strokes of their own and ruined a $440,000 painting. And I assume that that's in us dollars as well. So that's like 50 million Australian dollars. Uh, the anonymous anonymous 20 something couple were entirely oblivious to the fact that they had just become vandals. They genuinely believed it was a particip- participatory fucking well done, Andy, work because of the paint and the brushes underneath, according to ABC News. However, the painting had been displayed this way since 2016 when American graffiti artist John Andrew Perello finished it before an audience for the Great Graffiti Show at the Seoul Arts Centre. Perello, who goes by John One, has decided not to respond to the incident, according to The Independent. The culprits were caught. Staff at the gallery immediately notified the police after noticing the new brushstrokes on March 28th. The security footage clearly showed who had committed the crime and the couple expressed sincere embarrassment under questioning by authorities. As of now, the vandalised, untitled painting will remain on display until the 13th of June, 2021. There you go. So if you're in uh, Seoul, my Seoul listeners... Go and check it out. Uh, Pirello's painting was the only one in the gallery without a frame due to its size. Measuring 22.9 feet by 7.8 feet, it certainly draws the eye. Unfortunately, so did the tools deliberately placed beneath it as integral parts of the artwork. Authorities haven't named the couple who mistakenly used these items to add their own splotches of paint to the piece. Kang Wook, a co-organiser of the exhibit, has been in talks with Pirello about how or whether to restore the piece to its former glory, while the organisation has decided not to press any charges against the couple. Very interesting. What a dilemma. Uh... Quote, we called the police immediately and talked to the insurance company for the damaged artwork, Kang said. But as the agency in charge, we will do our best to minimize the harm to the couple who unintentionally vandalized the work. They thought they were allowed to do that as participatory art and made a mistake. End quote. The incident caused quite a stir. Ironically, it has... It's also, it also has drawn even larger crowds eager to see the now notorious painting for themselves. Kang has used the media spectacle as an opportunity to explain the artist's intentions in positioning his tools along with the work itself. Uh, quote, the paint and brushes used by the artist compromise a complete set with the graffiti 
canvas work, Kang said, adding that these props were intended to chronicle and highlight the artist's work. Perello himself has made quite the name for himself in recent years. The American artist currently lives in Paris and was awarded France's Legion of Honor in the category of culture and communications in 2015. Fucking hell. That particular title is given to people recognized for invaluable service to the nation. For Korean pop culture artist Ha Jai Gwing, misunderstandings with some modern art are yet to be expected. Ah, sorry, modern art are to be expected. And it's no surprise that audiences might view brushes and paint beneath the canvas as an invitation to join in. This is particularly the case with a piece like Untitled, where aesthetically could look like a collaborative painting in the first place. Quote, due to the characteristics of contemporary art, there will be many happenings like this going forward, he said. Exhibit organisers must take extra care in physically protecting the artwork as the audience may mistake the art, like that of John Wands, to something that they can scribble on. Fortunately for Pirello, it seems as though this will have been the first and only time that a spectator defaces his work. The painting in question has been displayed at several exhibits since the incident, but now includes a a small fence preventing audiences from approaching it and signs instructing do not touch. There you go. What a fucking interesting uh, situation. What a dilemma. But you know what? Um, I, I can't, the pictures haven't fucking loaded on this page, but from what I can recall, it just looks like a fucking piece of garbage. Like it's just shit. It's just, you know, it's contemporary art shit. You just put a fucking bunch of colors on it. I, I, I could actually get this wrong cause I didn't really spend a lot of time looking at it, but, um, it just looks like a bunch of colors and shit sprayed across a page. Um, and that's what a lot of contemporary art is. And I know I'm completely disrespecting a lot of this stuff and, um, you know, I'm being highly offensive and I do apologize because there'll be somebody out there. Um, who is very talented and, you know, obviously people take, uh, you know, put a lot of value into this stuff that the person got that fucking honor in France, the French fucking love it. But, um, you know, I haven't been to an art gallery in a few years, but I remember going to the, the bloody national art gallery here in Sydney with Jess and you walk around and there's all these weird sort of contemporary modern fucking pieces of art. And there is stuff that's interactive. Like they encourage people to touch shit and move things around and all this sort of stuff. And then there's just weird shit, just like a fucking, I don't know, a piece of fucking garbage in the middle of the room that's just sitting there. And it's just like, that's, that's fucking art. And you would think that it's just a piece of fucking trash and someone's just too lazy to go and pick it up. But there's a tiny little plaque there explaining that it's meant to be there. And it's that kind of rubbish, you know, that, that kind of bullshit um that's meant to represent something it's or it's not meant to represent anything at all it's up for the for the for the viewer's interpretation so when i when i read stuff like this and as that person sort of alluded to at the end of that article um goes without saying it's not it's not it's not fucking it's not a surprise and why the fuck would you not put a rope around the exhibit if you've got a fucking paintbrush and a fucking paint tin or fucking graffiti cans or whatever the fuck it is and just expect that no one's going to touch it. I mean, I'm surprised that uh, no one's touched it in the last five years um, being there. It's just uh, just incredibly, incredibly lucky. And um, and I think just given the, the the weirdness of the situation, like just the the fact that it was unexpected, it shouldn't have happened, and just the circumstances around it, I mean, why the fuck would you mess with it now? If it was already valuable before, you would... I would think that the painting is even more valuable because of the story attached to it. The fact that it's been vandalized in the way that it has so unintentionally as, as an accident and the circumstances around it, that it's just, it's more, it's, it's even more special now. Uh, so I wouldn't be cleaning it. I'd just, I'd leave it there and I'd have an additional chapter to the story of this piece of art. Um, and if anything, you know, I, I mean, I don't know what the extra brush strokes looked like from this, this Korean couple, but, um, I've got a funny feeling that it probably would be as good, if not better than the original guy. I don't know. 
you tell me. We'll, we'll see. Anyway, once uh, once I can actually load this page again, I'll look back and I'll probably end up retracting all my statements because it might actually be uh, quite good. But uh, from what I can recall, I remember looking at it not being terribly impressed. But uh, there you go. There you go. A couple in, in Korea just uh, fucking ca- causing a little bit of a kerfuffle. So uh, I'm going to have another sip of my beer and uh, let's go to another commercial break. Once a Joe Swagman camped by a billabong. Nothing like a like an Aussie classic played in like this sleazy saxophone music with a bunch of 80s girls walking around spraying perfume on themselves. Australis. Should ask Jess if she if she uh, would use Australis. I don't think it's around anymore. Anyway, Australis, if you want to pick it up for a, for a loved one. Maybe you might find some at an op shop, actually. Hey, um, funnily enough, if, um, I don't know if any of you guys do this, but um, if you ever go to a, like an op shop or um, I don't know what you call it overseas, uh, so in the US it'd be like a thrift shop um, and uh, UK maybe a thrift shop as well. I don't know what it'd be in Germany. Uh, Frank, if you're listening, like, let me know what, uh, what, the, what the German term for a thrift shop or an op shop would be, even if you had them. I'm, I'm sure there would be something. But um, the funny thing I always notice in there is that you can actually get, and I haven't done it myself, so I'm just putting it out there and, and you're not going to believe me, but I haven't done it. Um, but you can get like perfumes and colognes and shit like that at op shops. Like it's, they're all sitting in cabinets and it's, it's kind of weird because they look old, you know, and I would look at them and they, they seem to be unopened packets. I'm pretty sure they are. Um, but I've never, never actually taken the plunge and got anything. But, um, I wonder if there's something there, something we can do, a little bit of fun that we can have with op shop perfume and cologne because it's, it's i mean it's quite affordable it's it's cheaper than you know going into a department store and buying something you know smelly um and i know what fucking jess pays for hers my god crazy and then every once in a while i'll get a i'll get some some cologne or bloody whatever whatever you call it for like my birthday or cr- christmas or something like that and yeah it smells i mean it smells all right but um when i realize how much this shit costs i just go and fucking just Use that money to go to oh, Amato's to my bottle shop and go and buy me some fucking Bog Euro beers. Give me some 500 mil cans of goodness rather than this cologne. I'd rather smell like beer than that, uh, I don't know, like some sort of Chanel fucking, oh God. I mean, anyway, it, the, it's the thought that counts, isn't it? But um, maybe we can have some fun with this. Maybe we could, maybe we could do something where we could have like, oh, hang on. I'm really thinking on the fly here and uh, I don't want to commit myself to it, but uh, I'd love to get your feedback on this. Maybe what I could do is, um, you know how like you've got a YouTube channel where you do reviews and it's usually the women that do this. They'll, they'll review, um, makeup and, and fashion and I guess perfumes and things like that, but probably not so much perfume, but, um, definitely makeup. I, I know Jess looks at a lot of tutorial stuff and, and things online, a lot of influences in the, uh, you know, hair and makeup world, but maybe I could, uh, review perfumes and colognes from op shops and, uh, and do a little product thing and, and mention where I got it from. It could be like, oh, bloody Salvo's in South Nara. I picked up a, 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 a bloody bottle of crud. 
by John Smith and uh, paid 50 cents for it and sniff, 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 uh, it smells like dog shit. Uh, and, and maybe I could do it as a giveaway. So I'll just spray it a couple of times and then, and then give it away, chuck it in the post. I mean, it's only a couple of sprays and, um, I don't know. I might have to workshop that idea. Just leave it with me. But, um, if you got any feedback or Hey, if you think that you can run with that idea and actually make something of it, let me know. Happy for the idea to go to somebody else because sometimes I do take on a little bit too much. So, um, just, I'm, I'm already talking myself out of it. So there you go. Uh, watching, listening, reading, watching, listening, reading. All right. Lots of stuff going on. Uh, watching, of course, I fucking forgot last week, uh, a really important one to, uh, to share. Um, uh, I watched a documentary on Imalis's Wake, uh, uh, their, their latest album that came out in the blindness of faith, I believe is the album title. I should remember that, I should know it off by heart. Yes. The blind, no, the blindness of faith, not in the blindness of faith, the blindness of faith. And the documentary is called Let There Be Light. And it's a, it's a half hour documentary that the guys have put together, uh, Sean in particular, who's been on the podcast. And it's just, it interviews all the guys in the band and some of the people um, that were uh, part of the recording process. And then uh, peers in, in, the, in the metal world, in, in the Australian metal scene, who uh, are just giving some commentary on the album and their thoughts. And I tell you what, like, you, um, you know, sometimes these band docos and stuff like that, they're, they're kind of interesting, but if you're not sort of totally engrossed in the band and, and a massive fan or whatever, then it might not be that interesting. But I'll tell you what, even if you don't know much about In Malice's Wake or you've only heard a song or two and maybe they're not your thing, like your, your big thing, fucking watch this. I'm going to put a link in, check it out, sit down, grab a beer or grab a bloody fizzy water or whatever and watch this doco because it is really enjoyable and the guys put it together so well the storylines and the banter and just it's just very concise the editing is really well done it doesn't it doesn't drag on it doesn't carry on it keeps your attention a lot on the way it's just I'm just really impressed with what Sean's done with this. And, um, the only regret that I have um, with this is that Sean approached me to be a part of it, to, to film, uh, something and, and just be part of like, uh, you know, some of the commentary from, from other peers in, in, in the metal space. And, uh, I was in the thick of fucking doing this Lord stuff and I just didn't have the time to, to do it. And I just, I bowed out. And when I finally got to watch this documentary, I just, a fucking just just drowned with regret like i just like man i could have been a part of this really cool this really cool documentary that they put together so um congrats to sean sean from melbourne patreon supporter been on the podcast analysis wake the blindness of faith go and check it out i just i cannot recommend it enough it's it's just it's a really really top uh little documentary and i think in my opinion really sets the bar for what bands should be doing uh especially australian bands i think we've got opportunities to really uh just jump up, jump to the next level, um, ride the momentum of what a lot of bands have been doing over the past several years and continue to keep it, keep it moving with a lots of, lots of different types of content. And these documentaries are really, really cool. So, uh, there you go. Um, I don't know if I could give a better testimonial than, than that, but it was really fucking good. So well done to Sean and crew for uh, that amazing thing. Um, I think, uh, what was the other thing? Oh, there was, uh, I, I had to go back to uh, last week's notes for this one because I didn't even fucking, I did, I think I just skipped over watching last week altogether. Uh, I did speak about Halloween's, um, single Skyfall and it was the, the single edit, which is still seven and a half minutes long. I don't even, I don't know what the, what the main, uh, the main full version is going to be, if it's going to be double the length or whatever, but, um, top song, really top song. And the video clip is just so good. Like it starts off and you think, oh, I'm getting that early 2000s Iron Maiden vibe where they're trying to do the video game CGI fucking 
dog shit, gross, cheap stuff that at the time I guess was kind of cutting edge, but just did it just within within like two months just instantly dated and looked horrible. And I thought that was what it was going to be when uh, when the the Halloween song started up on YouTube. I was watching the video clip, but um, it. It is good. It is really good. It's exciting. I, I really enjoy it. Um, and especially towards the end of this version, um, where, you know, Kai's going hard at the end and, and, uh, Andy Darris and, and Kisk, and they're all going off each other. And like, there's this real gamma ray sort of epic ending to it. And it's just, ah, oh, it's so good. It's just, it's incredible. And this, it's quite funny to watch the Halloween fans. Cause there, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of people that absolutely hate it. But then there's a lot of people that love it. And what, I'm, what I've found is the old school Halloween fans are absolutely loving it. Loving it. Um, it has got a lot of old Hall Halloween vibes. It's got classic Andy Darris era, like better than Raw era, sort of, um, yeah, that, that kind of era of the band. And then you've got this amazing Kai Hansen, like epic gamma ray aspect to it. And it's just, it's so fucking good. It is so good. So, um, I think I put a link in last week to the video clip. I can't remember, but I'll put it put it in for this episode so you can check it out. Uh, I've been watching Daily Ball. Daily Ball's been fantastic. Um, just bald and bankrupt. Just just great stuff. Uh, he's he's somewhere in the stands and Uzbekistan or whatever, and uh, it's just been really good to watch watch those videos. And uh, the last couple in particular on Daily Ball and um, yeah, Daily Ball uh, have been just really really good. Um, just great banter with locals and just him just getting in the thick of it and just. Oh man, I'm just such a fan. I'm such a fucking fanboy of what he does. It's just amazing. So go and check those, check those videos out. Um, and then I saw, I saw a video, um, and the title, I don't know if, um, if, uh, if I've got the title correct, cause I've scribbled it down here, but it's, uh, uh, Fon Fonterra changes milk tanker schedule for number one fan, Andy. So there's this guy, uh, I think in the South Island of New Zealand, I think anyway, in New Zealand and, uh, this, this kid, um, who's now an adult, I think he's in his thirties and funnily enough, his name's Andy. There you go. And, um, I can't remember what disability that he's got, but he's got, um, it's almost like a, a very, uh, I don't, I'm not, nah, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna make an attempt. Uh, but he's got, a, he's got a very severe disability, um, and, uh, mental disability. And, um, they, the story is that as a kid and growing up, um, they, they live on a farm and there's this milk truck, this milk tanker that comes and pumps the milk from the farm, I think, and takes it away or, or they pump it back in. I, I, I can't remember. I'm sure they're taking it from the farm because it's, it's sort of like a dairy farm. And so at the same time every day, and this kid has grown up with that schedule and is used to the milk truck. And it's like the highlight of the day. This, this kid goes nuts, loves it. And then over time, the schedule changed and, the, and the, this milk truck, this tanker would rock up at weird times, really late at night. And what would happen is this kid would just refuse to go to bed until the tanker arrived. And sometimes the tanker wouldn't arrive until like midnight. And the father was just going crazy because the kid was anxious and stressed out and tired, but he couldn't sleep because he's waiting for the, for the tanker to arrive. And so he put a call in to, to Fonterra, this milk company, and explained the situation. And they actually committed and changed their schedule so they would arrive between something like 6.30 and 7.30 in the evening so that this, this Andy kid could get his fix, love it, and then go to bed and take the pressure off his, his poor old dad. And, uh, and it's quite, it's quite amusing because the, the tanker comes down the dirt, the dirt road and then Andy's on this fucking three wheeler, uh, tricycle thing. And he's, he's riding up the, the dirt path behind the truck and then he pulls over and he starts asking the, 
the, the guys in the truck, a lot of questions about, you know, what are you doing? What's your, you know, how much have you got on the truck and all this sort of stuff. And so they, they're polite and pleasant to him and humor him and, and he loves it. And I thought it was just a little feel good, uh, video. So I'm going to put that in the, in the fucking Patreon post as well. Wow. Not as good this week. Uh, so, th so that video as well. Um, I think, let me just quickly go back to my, now for this week's, um, I think apart from that with, um, I've just been watching a little bit of Bald and Bankrupt. Uh, last night I got a little, a little bit pissy and I was watching, um, I was watching heart video clips of all things. Um, I watched, um, there's two classic heart videos that I always go back to. I mean, if you're not familiar with heart, like I'm obviously famous for, you know, the 70 song Barracuda. Um, but for me, the main and the best era of heart is like mid to late eighties into the very early nineties, just epic, awesome eighties AOR stuff. Just Nancy and Ann Wilson, just fucking incredible, incredible. And there's two videos that I always go to and I've, and I've watched these for years. And last night I was a bit pissy and I got on YouTube and I, these, these are my go-to videos. So there's two videos and then, and they're fairly recent in the grand scheme of things. One of them is live in Seattle in fuck, uh, 2001 or something like that. And they performed these dreams and it is just, it's a little bit, it's got a little bit of like a country vibe to it, but it is just Oh, the fucking goosebumps. Oh, it's so good. So, so good. And uh, I'll put a link in for both of these. And the other one, and this, I mean, they both got like, these videos both have got like between 20 and 30 million fucking plays, like very popular videos. And there's a chance that you guys have already seen these videos as well. But the second video is probably even more famous than the first one. And there was a, some sort of um, fucking, uh, some sort of, event that happened in, I think, Washington or something like that for Led Zeppelin. There's some sort of, um, uh, celebration of Led Zeppelin's career and whatever. And so you've got, you've got the Led Zeppelin guys up in the balconies and they're all wearing these medals and things like that and looking all grand in their tuxes and, and whatever. And hearts on stage and they do Stairway to Heaven. Now I'm not the biggest Led Zeppelin fan. Um, and Stairway to Heaven, yeah, well, it's okay. But I think it's one of those songs that's just been overplayed and just the horse has been kicked, uh, to, to smithereens. But, um, this version where Anne just fucking smashes the vocal and then they got this choir and it's just oh, like total goosebumps. It is incredible. And then the dynamic of, of them on stage, just absolutely belting out and doing the song. Like they've, they've done it better than Led Zeppelin, in my opinion. Like it just sounds so good. And then they cut to like, you know, bloody Jimmy Page and Robert Plant and whoever the fuck another guy was. Who's the other guy, the bass player or whatever. I don't know. Um, can never remember that guy's name. And they're all up there and they're smiling and Robert Plant's getting like, you know, he's getting like watery eyes and Jim, and you see like Jimmy sort of get really excited when like the choirs come out and it was sort of beefs up into the next section. And then you've got, um, uh, what's, what's, what's the guy's name? Is it Jason Bonham? John Bonham's son. He's on drums. And so, at the end, like Jason Bonham's like sort of signaling to the guys up in the rafters, uh, you know, you know, pat, patting his chest, you know, patting his heart. And it's just like, there's just all these things going on and it's just total goosebumps. And here I was a bit pissy last night, drinking a, drinking a bloody Orion and going, oh, oh, oh amazing.
So anyway, I'll put a, I'll put a link to those, both those videos in the uh, Patreon post as well. Uh, well, actually, listening to the next one, but I might just go to reading really quickly. So I finished my customer service book, blah, blah, blah. Last month, I only read three books, which is still pretty good in the grand scheme of things, but um, not as many as I would have liked, but obviously a lot going on in March. But I'm hoping to at least uh, get three, if not more than that, this month. But um finished the customer service book, and now I'm reading um, a book that uh, came from Andrew from Perth. Once again, Andrew from Perth, getting all the bloody the bloody shout-outs. But um, Andrew sent me a little gift in the mail a while back, and I think I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but a book by a guy called Tommy Waite, and the book's called Any Day You Can Die, and it's about him living in this uh, city in uh, in Colombia. And I'm only about four, four or five chapters in so far, and I tell you what, the first, the first fucking paragraph straight away Jeez, like I'm like, what the fuck have I started reading? Like, talk about just uh, have I have I picked up some sort of erotic novel? I don't know, but pretty uh, pretty full on. So um, so far, interesting book. Um, I think it's a bit of a recollection of this this guy, this Tommy Waite guy, who's from Australia. I think I don't know if he lives in Perth these days, but I think he was living, he was from Melbourne, um, and whatever. But um. There's a bit more to the story, but I can't remember what it was. But uh, anyway, Andrew sent me this book with a little note. It was very nice. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Andrew. Um, and I've started reading it. So um, I've reached out to Tommy just to just to say, hey, I've got this great book from from Andrew. Um, looking forward to reading it. And he said, oh, please, I'd love to love to get your thoughts, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I'll read it and uh, we'll see what happens. I might get might get old buddy Tommy Waite on the podcast sometime. We'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, any day you can die. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll stay tuned for that one because... Uh, it certainly started off very interesting, but um, there you go. So listening, listening. Let's uh, let's get into the listening section um, now. Let me uh, flick back into uh, to the old spots, the old Spotify. Um, one thing I will uh, talk about um, now. I don't think I didn't plan ahead for this uh, completely. Um, there was a song. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but. Um, I'm just scrolling through to see if it's still in my release radar. It's not, um, unless I, uh, 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 let's see if it's in, and let's see if it's, it's, if I did save it, <gasps> did I, did I, mm, no, I didn't. Okay. Um, there was, there was a wild card. I'm pretty sure it was last week or the week before. I can't remember exactly. Someone can uh, correct me, but, um, Right before I was about to close release radar, I went went to one song. I said, "Let's just do a wild card. Let's just give it a go." And there was a band called Nestor, N E S T O R, and the song was called "On the Run." And we listened to it, and it had a little bit of like this '80s vibe, uh, you know, a bit of an AOR-ish sort of synthy sort of thing with this interesting chorus, and it, and it sounded cool. And I was like, "Hey, well, they're not too bad." But I sort of just glanced over it and just sort of let it go, and. Um, I saved it for later, but just hadn't gotten around to listening to it again. So anyway, T.Y., who po- edits this podcast, I don't know. I mean, he must have been listening to the to the actual Patreon episode. So there you go, T.Y., if you're listening. Hello, thank you. Um, he he must have been on the tins last night because he uh, he was saying, like, he goes, oh, this fucking Nestor song's awesome. It's really good. And then he found, a, he found the video clip for it, which is just out there. It's almost like the Steel Panther vibe, which is really weird because the song doesn't have a Steel Panther sort of vibe. It's not like this overly cheesy sleaze rock. It's just, it's very sort of slick 80s sort of AOR sort of sound. But um, the video clip's really good. But he found this video on um, on YouTube because there's only, this is the only song they've released so far. Apparently the band, I, mean, I don't know if, the, if this is real or if it's just a storyline, but the band's formed in 1989 or something like that. They've only just released a song now. I, th- I think that might just be a fabricated storyline. But anyway, um, the singer, 
put a little video video clip up for a couple of minutes um, where he sings um, a a a shortened version of this song on the run on piano where he's just singing like a, like a very sort of stripped back version. And I tell you what, fuck me, fuck moi. My God, like this guy's vocals. So just, let, I'm going to play a little bit of this because I, I saved uh, the video on my phone. Hi guys, uh, this is uh, this is Tobbe from uh, from Nestor, and I thought that I'll I'll try to play you a, a piano version of the song on the run, uh, and it goes something like this. I'm not going to play the whole thing. Let me just fast forward. Traveling through empty streets Just like we used to do I know every part of this town Like the back of my hand And how many times have I heard You're only wasting time It's all a game This pain that I feel Tell me you need me Cause baby I'm gone So call the police Call the fire squad or anyone Get me a priest I'm a lost child on the run Back on the streets again Fuck me, now fast forward a bit me fuck me my god it's just insane I'll, I'll put a link in so you guys can can listen to it and um if you if you've got a youtube account um just log into youtube itself and go and just give this fucking video a bit of love because it's only got um hang on let me let me just go back and see sorry i'm gonna play this again just a little bit so i can see hi guys hi guys um two and a half thousand um views uh, it's been up for about a week or so so it's not a lot and and even on spotify i think it's had about ten thousand plays or something like that so it's still flying under the radar and i mean fuck me that guy can fucking sing my god goosebumps i mean that's 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 the same sort of goosebumps i was getting last night listening to bloody heart after a few tinnies amazing so uh, if you've got a youtube account um just please go and like click on that link and give it a little thumbs up and leave a fucking comment. And, and I mean, yes, I'm, I'm being a fucking little bit of an egomaniac here, but let him, let him know that I've fucking referred you guys over there. Like just say, oh man, heard this, heard this from Andy Dealing from Lord or heard it, heard it from Andy Dealing's fucking Patreon podcast or whatever, whatever. I don't care. Or just, just give him a bit of love and just say how much you fucking love it. If, if you do, but man, like what a fucking voice. So I saw that this morning when I woke up cause uh, yeah, T.Y. had a late one and he was, he was uh, sort of, crapping on about the, the original, the, the main song and the video clip. And then he just, and then the next message down, she's like, oh my fucking God. And then linked me to that video and oh man, talk about chills. Like I wish I could sing fucking just a fucking little 
percentage of that. Amazing. Amazing. So there you go. Anyway, slight deviation, but um, there you go. So look, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've discovered something from Release Radar and I've really clinged onto it, but uh, I almost lost it. You know, I liked it and it sounded all right, but I only listened to a little bit. And, you know, that's, that's what Release Radar is all about, especially on this podcast. You, you only listen to little bits and pieces and sometimes you don't get a full picture. But thank fuck T.Y. listened back and uh, made a comment because uh, that would have uh, that would have uh, flown off my radar. So anyway, going to Release Radar, uh, let's see what's in here. Um, I'm a little bit disappointed to see that uh, none of our songs are showing up in my own Release Radar. I was hoping that there'd be at least another Lord track showing up in there, which is a bit of a fucking pity. But anyway, um, I'll get to a bit of Lord talk later on because so, there's some good news. But um, all right, let's kick it off. Uh, top track, number one, is Wilting Wil- Wilting in the Light by Light the Torch, which has got um, buddy Howard, is it Howard Jones from... Uh, who is in Killswitch Engage and a b- bunch of other stuff. He's got a fucking top voice, speaking of voices. Let's have a quick listen to this one. Don't like the start. Let's fast forward. bad um i didn't i don't really like the i mean howard's vocals they're so distinct like he's just got such a trademark it almost sounds like in a good way i'm just trying to explain or describe it in true andy fashion but it's kind of like um somebody who's got blocked sinuses singing but it sounds really good so i oh i can't do it i'm not gonna do it but um he's just got this like weird sort of muffled um uh, like like the trebles out of his voice. It's just anyway, but it sounds it sounds cool. It's very him, and uh, the the chorus, the vocal lines sound sound good um, musically. I don't know. Those riffs sound a bit fucking how you going, but anyway, there you go. Um, like the torch, you've got some good songs, like some really good songs. Um, I think I've saved them to some p- playlists in the past. Um, Arteries from Sydney, Sydney guys. They've got a song uh, out now called Under the Influence. I think this just came out last Friday. Let's fast forward a bit. Fucking uh, give me a headache. Jeez. I mean, it's, it's, good for the type of music that they're playing, but fuck me. I mean, I imagine just what I've seen bands like that over the years. I've never seen arteries play, but I've seen bands like that live and, um, just like I can feel like the fucking brain racket, like rumbling around in my cranium. Um, just, but, uh, well done to the boys in arteries. Um, it sounds like fucking world-class. So very good and good to see more Sydney bands getting out there and fucking releasing music. Bring it on. Bring back the resurgence of Sydney live music or Sydney music in general. 
We need more bands. Uh, Primal Fear have got a song called Vote of No Confidence. Now, Primal Fear are a real hit and miss band. I mean, they've got some fucking stinkers, but they've got some fucking crackers as well. So let's cross our fingers. Featuring Taya. Oh, no. Got one of those stock standard European heavy metal riffs. Let's fast forward a bit. Taya is in that one. Um, so the the artwork for the song, so the song's called Vote of No Confidence. Now the artwork uh, is called I Will Be Gone and says featuring uh, featuring Taya. So Primal Fear featuring Taya. So is Taya on the entire album? Like is that is it a, is it a full album collaboration or have they got the artwork mis- mixed up and that's a single for I Will Be Gone but the song's Vote of No Confidence? Or maybe, sorry... So maybe it's a single with a couple of extra tracks on there. So maybe that's it. But um, yeah, never been a fan of old Taya um, of Nightwish, the first Nightwish singer. I just, um, what was the, I think there was one song I didn't mind. It was King, Kingslayer or something like that. I didn't think that was too bad. But uh, it's just not my thing, that opera, operatic fucking vocals. Just anyway, I know like a lot of, a lot of Nightwish fans, I think a few of you guys are as well. So uh, just like, respect, respect. Um, what else have we got here? We've got... Um, Prince, welcome to America. This must be like a re-release. Let's have a... Let's fast forward a little bit. Welcome to America. There you go. I'll put a link in. You guys can check that out. If that fucking even remotely tickles your pickle. Uh, Prince was an amazing artist, but um, that doesn't sound like a highlight. Um, what else we got here? Uh, um, uh, oh, God. Gajira? Amazonia? Haven't we played one of these songs before? Pretty sure Andrew from Perth. Once again, fucking Andrew. <laughs> Look at the I'm pretty sure this is from the same thing. Or maybe this is actually from the album now. Fortitude is the album. Amazonia. Let's fast forward. I don't know what the fuck's going on in that song. Jeez. All right. Okay. Uh, might have to go and fucking trip out, bro, to listen to that one. Um, what else have we got here? We were, blah, 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 blah. Let me scroll down through any obvious ones to touch on. No, not really. There's a few, there's a, quite a few unknown ones in here. Um, uh, there's a band called Touch and the song's called Let It Come. Let's give this one a go.
sounds like um, it's a kiss song. Okay, uh, pass. Um, all right, one more song. One more song before we uh, wrap up this little segment here. Uh, okay, all right, let's go. Let's go with another wild card, but this is not going to be a good one. I, I can just see it. Uh, the artist is called There's Only One Elvis, and this song's called Space Grass, whatever the fuck this is. Let's give this one a go. It's almost seven minutes long. Let's fast forward a little bit. Um, yeah, I guess. I mean, maybe if the band didn't have such a fucking dumb, I mean, I'm, yeah, okay. All right. And I, the name of our band's Lord, I understand. But if maybe if you had a better band name, fuck, like I'd probably take it a bit more seriously. There's only one Elvis. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, bro. Uh, you know, what are we going to call our, our band, bro? Oh, fuck. Let's, let's fucking work this one out. Let's uh, fucking have a, have a fucking spliff and just zone out for a bit. Let's vibe and just, you know see what comes to us. Oh man. Yeah. Let's, uh, I love Elvis. Hey, yeah, there's only one Elvis. Hey, oh yeah, let's call it that. That's exactly how it went down. So anyway, uh, that's the listening section of the podcast. Um, a, a few duds there, but a couple of okay ones, you know, not too bad. Not the best one, uh, best, uh, sort of release radar. Um, there's, there's a bunch of other things in here, but I just don't just, I'm just losing it. Just, just losing attention, losing attention. So there we go. Um, now, let me just quickly uh, dart back now. I think I've covered most things in here. I have. Okay, very good. Um, so just a couple of little things before we wrap up. Uh, from a podcasting point of view, thank you so much for um, everyone getting amongst uh, last week's episodes. Um, I can't even remember who the fuck was on, but um, it's been a bit like that. And uh, this week, so uh, if you're listening to this on time, yesterday's episode was with Ricardo Ball from Just One Fix and um, The Metal Bar. Radio, a radio show uh, in New Zealand. Uh, he's based in Auckland, uh, and the band's been around since the late 90s. Um, just a, a top guy um, and a great chat. Just had a lot of fun uh, going back and forth with him. Um, we've played a few shows together in New Zealand in the past, and um, those guys are just they are just really good dudes. And um, I, uh, I, I want to make more of an effort to get more inclusive with our New Zealand mates because it's just, it's just ridiculous that um, we're not – like there, there are bands that go back and forth and tour each other's countries and there are some alliances there, but I think overall there's just so many opportunities being missed and I just don't think we're all interacting as much as we could. So, um, I think I committed to, cause I haven't finished putting the episode notes together for this episode, for this particular uh, episode just yet. But, um, I did commit to putting, a, putting some links in for a bunch of New Zealand bands. So guys, um, a little call to action, if you're keen, uh, go through the show notes for that episode and, um, and just go and check out some of those bands and go and like their pages and go and give their music a bit of a thrashing, um, go and, go and interact with them, tell them, tell them what you think and, and, uh, maybe where you, where you heard it from, if you know what I mean. 
wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just want to, I want to encourage the conversation. I want to encourage that sort of proactive sort of let's, let's start hanging out, even if it's just online guys. Like, I mean, we've got this travel bubble that's about to open up and not that I'm planning to sort of go and travel anytime soon, but you know, there's opportunities that are going to be coming up in the future. And I just think there's so many amazing, uh, New Zealand bands and there's, there's a really great metal scene over there. Um, I think it's very similar to Australia. And, um, I just think there's, there's, there's opportunities there for all of us to, to really take advantage of each other's music and, and scenes. So hopefully I can get the conversation, uh, not started because I'm sure it's been going for quite some time, but just to maybe put a little bit of fuel in the fire. So, uh, stay tuned, but, uh, yeah, go through those notes. And if they're not in there, if those songs, are, if those bands aren't in there, then please uh, just tell me because, uh, I get distracted quite often. Um, and then tomorrow's episode, I'm, I need to, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm at, at 90%. I'm 90% sure it's going to come out, but, um, I've got a return guest on Ladybeard. I've done the episode with Ladybeard and, uh, I'm, I'm, it's, it's a great chat. It's really, really good. But, um, at the time of, um, of recording, um, he's about to announce his new band, um, his new Japanese band is, uh, 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 Kawai, Kawai, Kawai Metal or Kawai Core or whatever it is. Um, which is like a mixture of metal and J-pop. And, um, but it's meant to be announced today being Tuesday, uh, the day that you're listening to it. But um, Japan just went into another uh, state of emergency, sort of like a, a kind of lockdown. They can't officially go into lockdown when she explains in the chat. Um, and that might be throwing his plans out of whack. So if his plans are out of whack, then I can't put this episode out and I'm going to scramble last minute. I've got a couple of ep other episodes recorded, but... Um, I'm really going to have to make sure I've got a backup here. So uh, if it all goes to plan, Lady Beard will be out tomorrow. If not, then it'll be out the following week, uh, more than likely. But uh, it's a great chat. Like, go back and listen to the first one, episode 165. It was an absolute, like, just, he is just so, so animated and theatrical, theatrical, and just so bizarre what he does. It's just so out there, so crazy, and uh, he's just a good dude. So um, I hope that you guys get a get a kick out of, out of that episode as well. Um... I think I mentioned the other week about me sort of getting around the traps and doing a few different podcasts. Um, um, I think one that's come out since the last episode, last episode that I've recorded, um, is community notice board, uh, the community notice board podcast that features Drew Bensley, who was on the podcast of, oh, episode 258, I think, or something like that. And, uh, and so he's returned the favor and had me on his podcast with his mates. And, um, we talked about my hometown of Redcliffe in Queensland and just a really fun chat. They're funny guys, really witty, really quick. And, uh, it was just great. It was the, and they just did me a nice little service of, uh, plugging, uh, the, the undercovers album and playing a little bit of, uh, the Savage Garden cover as well on the show. But, um, you can listen to community notice board on your podcast player, but uh, there's also, uh, they do video as well. And so you can actually watch it on YouTube. So I'll put a link into the YouTube uh, version of that so you can have a watch, but uh, very, I enjoyed it. And I even wore team Chronoplan, repped team Chronoplan on the podcast as well. So you can check that out. Oh, speaking of repping fucking t-shirts, um, Oh, I didn't write this down, but I just, just jog my memory. Um, as of yesterday, yesterday being Saturday, um, Lindsay from Friends of Rom um, got together with his Friends of Rom mates um, and rehearsed for the first time since fucking whatever, 2018, something crazy like that, because they're going to do a run of shows um, around the country, or at least on the East Coast uh, in, uh, I don't know when, in May, I think, something like that. Um, they're doing these big sort of 90s uh, sort of alternative punk sort of uh, festival things. They look really cool with like Grinspoon and a few other bands. Uh, Jebediah, I think, and whatever. But um, 
they got together and there's some video online of, uh, of them rehearsing and guys, you would have actually seen this already. I just realized I posted a picture in, uh, in Patreon as well, but, uh, Lindsay is wearing a Beluga boy t-shirt. Fucking Yeah. Beluga Boy Brigade represent. Um, I did bring him a Beluga Boy t-shirt when I caught up with him down in Wollongong when I was on ABC Illawarra when he hosts uh, the Drive Time Afternoon Radio program. Uh, and I brought him that with a couple of other other goodies. And um, and there you go. He's wearing it. He's repping it. And uh, yeah, I was just tickled pink. I loved it. So there you go. Beluga Boy out in the wild and none other than, than the doctor himself, Lindsay from Friends of Rom. So very, very cool. Um I think that's it from a podcasting point of view, recording a lot of stuff at the moment. Um, just trying to build the bank up. I've got a lot of people on the go, people that I've promised to do podcasts with that I haven't gotten around to do yet. I've got a list of people, but I've also recorded a lot and I'm just trying to work out an order, but I'm trying, I think I've just had to just sort of stop overthinking it and just, just fucking get them out. Just as long as there's two episodes out a week, who gives a shit? Am I right? At least that's what I'm telling myself. Um, band stuff. Um, you must be living in a cave because I fucking hoard the hell out of this and will continue to hoard the hell out of it. But, uh, um, we being Lord hit the Aria charts. There was whispers that we were going to crack the top 15, which was pretty, pretty, uh, exciting. Um, we, we, uh, we got a glimpse of success with Fallen Idols where we just snuck in and got into place number 20 in the top 20. And we just wrote it off as a bit of a, a bit of a quiet week. I mean, they didn't even have a artwork on the, um, on the thing. So, um, so we, we were told that we were potentially going to be in the top 15, uh, got really excited, hyped it up. And when the, uh, the charts were released and announced on Friday afternoon at 5 PM, well, fuck me dead. We were number seven in the Australian albums, Aria charts. And, uh, um, there's a few people above us, uh, the Wiggles being one of them. And, but we were above, uh, in excess, Cold Chisel, Guy Sebastian, Jimmy Barnes. I mean, you know, Mind you, these are multi-platinum albums already. They've been in the charts for, for years and whatever. But it doesn't matter. This is our this is my little our little time to shine. So number seven. Incredible stuff. So debut, straight to number seven, just man. So just thank you so much, guys, for getting the digital album or buying the t-shirt and the and the fucking CD or you know, just streaming it around on all the socials and all that sort of stuff. It's just been fantastic. And um and I've got a bit of a game plan. I've got a few things on the go at the moment. I'm gonna try some stuff out and I may just push it a little bit too far. I don't know. But um we're working behind the scenes. We're trying to scramble really quickly because we didn't expect this to happen. Um, but, um, we can't just sort of celebrate, clink some glasses together and then just forget about it. Um, we've got to, we've got to try and ride this wave for as long as we can. And this wave may only last a week. <laughs> so, uh, so we're going to see what we can do in a week to see if we can maintain a chart position of some sort. And as of today being the uh, Tuesday that you're listening to this episode, if you listen to it on time, um, check my socials because, uh, the AIR charts will be released. I believe they get released on Tuesday. I don't think it's Monday. I'm pretty sure it's Tuesday. Oh, wow. That was a good one. Um, I believe they get released on Tuesday. If the, if not, then you already see it. But, um, this is the Australian independent records chart. This is the independence. So Aria is everybody. Like we mixed in with the major labels, like those other guys that we're beating are, are guys, a lot of them, they're on, you know, proper record labels, proper fucking proper PR, proper fucking thousands of dollars in marketing and all sorts of stuff. Whereas uh, for us, you just got little old me with a bit of Curtis Dewar in the background doing some stuff internationally and and just, we're just we're fucking hustling. And here we are just like smashing it. Number seven, just incredible. So um, 
just I think that makes it even cooler, especially for me personally, just just to see what the what what the possibilities are when you put your mind to something. But um the the independent charts, there is a very strong uh possibility that we're gonna hit number one for that. Uh given that we cracked number seven, and apparently we almost cracked number fifty in the top fifty of overall albums in Australia, like international stuff. And uh, I've emailed Aria to try and get an understanding of how close we were to the top 50 because they actually wrote on their website in the news section that we were um, predicted to crack the top 50 for the first time. And that was like, oh my God, like this is like crazy. This is next level. Um, so I've emailed them to see if they will, you know, let me know, give me some details. So I'm not sure how, like, I'm not sure how they work with that sort of stuff and whether they you know, freely will share that information. You would hope so. Um, but, uh, if I do find out, I'll certainly let you guys know in the next week's episode, but, um, uh, number 50 in that chart was Post Malone. So, uh, you know, what the fuck, you know, if we're close to cracking the top 50 and Post Malone's number 50, I mean, Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyway. Um, so, there's a, there's a strong chance we're going to be number one for the AR, AIR, the independent uh, charts. And uh, just to give some context, again, Fallen Idols, which got to number 20 when that came out in 2019, uh, we got to number two equivalent in the in the uh, independent charts. So it would not make sense if we were anything below one. I'm not going to be disappointed, but I'm, I'm just, I'm very, very confident and maybe a little bit too cocky uh, that we're going to get number one. But uh check my socials, check the band's page and everything. So as soon as we find out, we'll fucking be plastering that around the place. Uh, off the back of that announcement, um, in conjunction with the two chart positions, uh, we're going to do another uh, press, re press release and potentially another announcement to get your wallets ready or your purses ready um, if you feel like spending some money, especially winter coming along. Just if you catch my drifter, I just really want to think about all my all my friends out there who might need something warm to to wear, but uh, might also help with uh, some more sales of undercovers and hopefully keep us in the charts. Um, Triple M and Triple J have the majority of the songs from Undercovers, are the ones that are obviously you know more so radio friendly and make more sense. So all the Aussie covers, so Colin Minogue and Savage Garden, uh, Ice House, Real Life, John Farnham, um, uh, Little River Band, and also stuff like The Police as well. Um, there's a couple of others. So, uh, guys request, request the songs on triple J and triple M. They've got the songs, triple M, uh, the, both of them have been thrashing, uh, thrashing the songs, which has been absolutely fantastic. Um, they've been like, just, I think they've been a major contributor to our success in the ARIA charts. And so those guys and particular people, um, in the triple M and triple J camps have been just fucking amazing for us this time around. Just can't believe it. So um, hopefully have formed, uh, some friendships that will last, uh, quite some time and hopefully help us in the future as well. But, um, they've got some more tracks, uh, especially the triple M guys in particular, are very keen to, uh, rotate a few more songs uh, if they can, uh, obviously there's a bit of negotiation on their side of the fence, but, um, please request them. They've got them. So get in there, go and hassle them, go and be a punisher. And, uh, let's see if we can get a little bit more traction this week. Cause, uh, there's more opportunities to at least, uh, maintain a top 20 spot in the areas and even in the independence as well. So uh, let's, uh, let's see what we can do with that. But, uh, you just follow my lead guys. I'll be fucking posting all over the internet, letting everyone know. So, uh, I think that's about it for now. I'm sure there's a lot of other things I could waffle on about, but, uh, just in the, in the spirit of, of the, the chart placing, undercovers being out, you guys supporting, I mean, you guys in particular, um, have, I think for the most part, all of you, um, I'm just thinking of the list of all of you guys that are supporters on Patreon. I'm pretty sure all of you, all of you guys and gals, um, or very close to have either bought one of the combo packs or the digital, uh, version of the album. So 
Thank you. Thank you so much. So uh, this song's for you guys. You might have heard this little ditty before. You might hear a version of this on the radio this week. I don't think this version's going to make it on. This is just for you guys. You kiss me. You touch me. Don't say it's like a fantasy when you know this is how it should be. You kiss me. I'm falling. Can you hear me calling? You touch me. I want ya. Cause I have always known ya. On a night like this, I wanna stay forever. On a night like this, just wanna be together. On a night like this. Now, I'm getting closer to you, hold me, I just can't be without you, you kiss me, I'm falling, it's your name I'm calling, you touch me, I want ya. Cause I have always known ya On a night like this I wanna stay forever On a night like this Just wanna be together On a night like this Seems I've known you a lifetime Now it's time to make you mine on a night like this On a night like this oh. You kiss me I'm falling You touch me On a night like this Just wanna be together on a night like this, I wanna stay forever. On a night like this, just wanna be together. On a night like this. On a night like this. Oh no, no, oh, the ending, I fucked the ending up, quick, quick, Patreon, is there anybody, is there anybody out there, is there anybody out there, does anybody care, does anybody, nobody's coming, this is the worst ending to a podcast episode.
and my internet's not even connecting. So I think uh, a great way. Hang on, hang on. Let's let's just do this properly. See you later. Larry. Larry, please.